The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. What does that mean? Evil abounds. This evil that we see and we hear that's growing every day, Our Lady comes and tells us in several messages of recent last couple of years. That he wants to rule. And yet 2,000 years ago, our Lord says, sufficient for the day is today's evil. But there's something unsettling happening right now. There's something that's unsettling people who are praying. And only those who see it are those who are the ones in prayer, fasting, sacrifice. And many, when they become alerted to that, don't know what to do about it. You've got an ignorance among Christianity today of not being able to see and recognize truth, understand truth, what's happening. Our Lady's been saying, or she said years ago, pray, fast, let God act. Then May 2nd, she says, pray and act. Why? Why'd she leave the other out? 
Because God's built the train tracks. He's built the train. He's sitting there waiting to be commanded and driven down the tracks to where we need to go to. So the system's built. We're coming up with the 33rd anniversary of the apparitions. It is impossible that a lady's thoughts on this apparition anniversary of 33 years doesn't reflect the life of her son dying 33 years. What's going to happen? I can tell you in the beginning days, we thought the sixth year it was going to end, the apparitions. We thought the ninth year, all the way up to that point. In the tenth year, for sure the apparitions would end. It was at that point when I realized they weren't going to end. I wondered each year, I, I, I thought less of it. But many people were saying at that point, the apparitions were going to end. And now they're a mainstay. It's just part of life. In fact, people are falling away from it because it's so normal instead of super normal which would be supernatural. It's just a natural occurrence in Medjugorje. Nobody wants to pay attention to it. In the village, very, very few compared to those who do. But we have this coming up this 33rd year anniversary, and now our lady's telling us, even I was just told last Friday night, not even a week ago, to pray for my intentions, or even was not told, we were told through Yvonne, through his program, pray for my intentions for all my plans to be realized. When you go and design a a hospital, you don't start with the design. Somebody's got the idea. A group of financiers come up, or a board comes up, but they're going to expand the hospital. And they say, we need this, or we need this facility. There's a conceptual thought process you go through to formulate a plan. And that has to be brought into being. You might consult, you might think, you might pray, you might put a lot of thought process into it. But this goes for anything, building a bridge, building a nation even. When it's been taken over like Iraq, we got a, there was a plan to that when we came back into Iraq to restructure it. So everything's got a plan, but that plan isn't something you just know about. It's got to mature, it's got to visualize into conception, and then you put it on paper. So you design this hospital, you have concepts you draw up, then you go to the architect, and then he draws it up, and you make corrections to it. And a hospital is not something you just say in six months, we've got a plan for it. This is for a long time. And so we go through this process, maybe three or four years for planning. And then you got to come up with the financing. you got to come up with the other things like that. you got to get approvals to the local city government and the state governments. So you got to comply with that. You might be six, seven, eight, ten years in the plan. And you think that our lady's coming 33 years with a plan, and it's to convert the whole world, and it's just going to happen, and it's over with and done with. God doesn't want the plan to interfere with. That's why God has not allowed the church to approve it. God doesn't want the church to approve Medjugorje. As soon as it's approved, the plan's in place, then you get all the regulators come. Oh, we can't do this. We can't let this message out. We've got a stamp, rubber stamp on this. Maybe this message isn't theologically correct. Let's send it to a review committee for the next 24 months. And then we got to see if we're going to allow, allow it to be released. Look at the plan of the third secret of Fatima, Fatima 40 years before it was released, after it was supposed to be released. And you think Medjugorje should be approved? It's the worst thing. You've heard me say this before, and nobody will say this because they do not understand Medjugorje. And I said, small is the number who follow and understand me. Medjugorje, the worst absolute catastrophe of Medjugorje is for it to be approved. Our ladies just moved the plant into the face, pray and act, or rather, yeah, pray and act. 
So now we're to take action. This 33 years is, is a keystone point where the implementation of the plan is likely to begin. And what's the plan? To lead us out of the desert, the 40-year trek out, which is 2021, from the beginning of the apparitions, of the daily apparitions, to 2021. That at that point, perhaps all the secrets that have come to pass, or the three secrets at least, maybe not all, and he's come with something huge, something very large that requires a lot of strategy, a lot of plan. A football play, how much do you practice that? Just a simple play on the team. How many practices, how much sweat, how much sacrifice goes into that? And then when they get into game season, they got to call when they're going to play it. It doesn't just happen. And they implement it, they perfect it. Something grand has happened before our eyes, but yet something unsettling because evil's growing. It's got its plan. Darkness is hidden in the corner. And when darkness is moving and our lady's alerted to us, Satan wants to destroy the planet on which you live. Not just people, the whole planet. We don't know what all behind the scenes is there. But you can think and bet Satan has his plans parallel in this. We're not aware of it. We're walking in danger. Sufficient is the day of its own evil. And so we have things happening around us we don't even realize, but things are starting to be unsettled, settling for a lot of people. We're seeing moves the government's making. It's very unsettling. John Adams said, the revolution was in the minds and the hearts of the people. That's what metronomics is about. That's what everything we do is to educate you, to enlighten you, to show you how big this thing is that's happening, that you can walk away from business. You can walk away from your pleasures and entertainments and your habits or whatever it is because there's nothing greater than what God calls a plan for the conversion of the entire world. You want a date? January, June 25th, 2007. That's the plan. And she's leading it. You're going to mediocrely follow it. You're going to you're going to mundane it. You're going to think it's no big deal. Nothing else is more important than when God shines His light on the world to redeem it. Again, we have to go through redemption over and over and over. So we have confession. You say we have the crucifixion. I just read about some crucifixions taking place right now in the Middle East. They're crucifying Christians. Real crucifixions. Sounds bizarre. It's happening. And if it's seated there, do you think darkness don't want to seat it everywhere else? You think, oh, well, people respect Christianity. The Barner study, George Barner did a study. He, he does research. In 1996, he did a study. And in that study, he asked non-Christians if they respected Christians or not. 86% in 1996 said they respected Christians. You know what the number is today? Asking the same question these years later? Not really a long time ago. Less than 20 years ago. Only 16% of those people respect Christians. So what are they going to do when we're blamed for burning Rome, like Nero did? They'll easily gravitate looking to blame for their miseries and problems they have and starvation, whatever comes. They'll blame their Christians for it. We're headed for trouble, people. You better wake up. But John Adams' quote is incredible. The revolution was in the minds and hearts of the people. 
That's where I start. Vizca says our war starts in the heart. But also, revolutions with a moral revolution starts in the heart. So, Lady's trying to get this in the heart, make us understand this, make us grasp the significance of what's going on. Saying, sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. She's not asking 60% of your time, sacrifice half your life for the salvation of the world, or 60% of your time. She's saying, sacrifice your life. Like my son, she said the message November 30th, 1988, here. You also do as Jesus died. Did. He died out of love for you. That's what you're called to do. If you're a follower of Our Lady, if you understand her, this is what you're called and no less. We've got things we can do in this mission, but we like funding because people like the understanding of how deep this mission, how profound it is, how far it goes. As they did, we wouldn't have any money to worry about as far as funding our projects. we got some on hold right now that we know will bring conversion and the dead stopped. Because small is the number who follow and understand, even those who are following. So John Adams' quote is incredible because he says, the revolution was in the minds and hearts of the people. See, that was before war started. And we're being woken up by Our Lady that we're in war. Full-fledged war, we need revolution. This country needs revolution. Thomas Jefferson said it needs revolution every 20 years. Lord and behold, if we need it today, more so than ever. But that starts in the hearts of the people. When they rebuke and they grab principles and they change and say, I'm not going to walk that way no more. I'm not going to go along with this garbage and what they're doing to rearrange things everywhere. Have you noticed marijuana is popping up everywhere? The laws and the states passing it? I only stuff for medical reasons. That's the thing to get it started. And then they expand more medical reasons and then they normalize it and it becomes that. You know, George Soros started this 10 years ago or more. He started with Colorado and California. And conservatives are accepting this. Everybody's accepting it. I'm shocked by it. This is not just something to use. This is a sin. It has only one purpose, and to get out of your state of being. You can't do that without sin. And nobody brings that issue up. Nobody's even calling it that. It's more dangerous than cocaine. It's more dangerous than any other drug. Because it's the gateway to those. You cross that, you can do it. What's your purpose of making legalized? Just so people can be out of the state and get in a car and kill somebody? You say it doesn't have the same effect? No, don't give me this stuff like that. Wine is complimentary to a steak dinner or a celebration. And you don't drink it to be inebriated, which is a sin when you get to that point. But you can do that without sin. You cannot do the other without sin. The moment you take it is sinful and it's destructive. Do you know the purpose of it? It's to make this nation be destroyed. Satan hates it. He wants to destroy the nation. He wants to make the people dumb down, and this will do it. It does brain damage. It does many, many things. And I'm really disconcerned. I'm really bothered by it that nobody's speaking against it, calling this for what it is. Don't buy into it. This is the worst thing that could happen in this country. And the pushers do it. You're going to see within a year more normalized to where it's everywhere. Drugged out people. One purpose, just to get high. The powers that be want that. They planned it. It's strategic. And people are too stupid, even Christians, to see this. That's okay. It's not okay to do that. To alter your state of mind where you don't have faculty control 
of your being in its direction of what you think. And it messes up your brain. It causes brain damage. It's just amazing to me how stupid the church is. The people. And even even in, in, in our, our religious orders. Our age coming to give us this mindset to change it to have a revolution. John Adams goes on and says, the revolution was in the minds of the hearts of the people. A change in their religious sentiments. We need a religious change in how we're looking at everything. That perhaps we don't know God anymore. How he is, what he's for. Adams continues, of their duties and of their obligations. This radical change in the principles, opinions, and sentiments and affections of the people was the real American Revolution. And our ladies call for that, for this nation first, the United States of America. Because it's called by the Pope and his pronuncio in 2012 to evangelize the world. And you got Michelle Obama saying at a school recently in Topeka, Kansas, to the students, you've heard each other's languages in the hallways, English, Spanish, and others, all mixed together in a uniquely American conversation. Mindless. She hasn't even got any world travel experience other than going around being isolated from what's going on. It's, it's not uniquely American for different languages. Nor Webster put together one language to make one people, not diverse people. I've been all over Europe, all over the nations, to Ukraine, into Kiev, all these places. It's not uniquely American. As other countries have that. They talk five, six languages. Russia has 16 languages. That's why they never can unite. Everything is just the opposite of what we're taught. In this mindless statement, a uniquely American conversation with everybody speaking different languages. We don't want that. We want one language that we can speak together and communicate clearly, which we're not doing anyway. Our ladies come to enlighten us and educate us to truth, and we don't see it. We don't have cognition. She don't have any cognition or experience of you knowing what she's talking about there. It's an amazing, stupid statement. So Adam says this to show us this is exactly what our coming for. The real change starts in the heart, in the sentiments of the people, in their religions, their duties, their obligations, looking for this radical change to absorb these principles because people don't even have principles today. These principles we have, which are our opinions and our sentiments, is a real revolution. This is what's going to change things. And darkness is at work. And many, many, many do not get it. This comes from the Washington Times, May 18th issue. It's entitled, High Risk Label from Feds Puts Gun Sellers in Banks Crosshairs. Hurts business. Gun retailers say the Obama administration is trying to put them out of business with regulations and investigations that bypass Congress and choke off their lines of credit, freeze their assets, and prohibit online sales. Since 2011, regulators have increased scrutiny on banks' customers. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation in 2011 urged banks to better manage the risks of their merchant customers who employ payment processors such as PayPal for credit card transactions. The FDIC listed gun retailers as high risk, along with filth industries and drug paraphernalia shops. Meanwhile, the Justice Department has launched Operation Choke Point, 
a credit card fraud probe focusing on banks and payment processors. The threat of enforcement has prompted some banks to cut ties with online gun retailers, even if those companies have valid licenses and good credit histories. This administration has very clearly told the banking industry which customers they feel represent reputable risk to do business with, said Peter Reinstock, a a lawyer at Hunton & Williams. So financial institutions are reacting to this extraordinary enforcement arsenal by being ultra-conservative in who they do business with. Any companies that engage in any margin of risk, as defined by this administration, are being dropped, he said. But gun retailers say their businesses are being targeted in the executive branch's efforts. T.R. Liberty, owner and operator of Top Gun Firearms Training and Supply in Miami, has felt the sting firsthand. Last month, his local bank, Bank United N.A., dumped his online business from its service. An explanatory email from the bank said, This letter in no way reflects any derogatory reasons for such action on your behalf, but rather one of industry. Unfortunately, your company's line of business is not commensurate with industries we work with. Black Rifle Armory in Henderson, Nevada, had its bank accounts frozen this month as the bank tried to determine whether any of Black Rifle's online transactions were suspicious. In 2012, Bank of America suddenly dropped the 12-year account of Macmillan Group International, a gun manufacturer in Phoenix, even though the company had a good credit history, the owner said. Gun parts maker American Spirit Arms in Scottsdale, Arizona, received similar treatment by Bank of America, the country's largest banking institution. This seems to be happening with greater frequency and to many more dealers, said Joe Sorokman, owner of American Spirit Arms. At first, it was the bigger guys, gun part manufacturers or high-profile retailers. Now the smaller mom-and-pop shops are being choked out, and they need their cash to buy inventory. Freezing their assets will put them out of business. After Macmillan Group owner Kelly Macmillan publicized Bank of America's action on his Facebook account, He found that thousands of small gun shop owners across the country were in the same situation. Banks were either dropping them, freezing their accounts, or refusing to process their online sales, so he opened a credit card processing company for the gun industry called Macmillan Merchant Solutions. Four generations of my family have been in in this industry. This is my way to give back, said Mr. Macmillan, adding that many of his customers were denied banking access because of the nature of their business. This is an attempt by the federal government to keep people from buying guns and a way for them to combat the Second Amendment rights we have. It's a covert way for them to control our right to manufacture guns and individuals to buy guns. Bank United N.A., which dropped Top Gun Firearms Training and Supply in Miami from its customer list, declined to comment. However, the American Banking Association, the industry's advocacy group in Washington, said businesses deemed risky will be frozen out of the financial system if the Justice Department continues Operation Choke Point because the regulatory burden and risk of investigation will be too great for less specialized banks to bear. 
we're being threatened with a regulatory regime that attempts to foist on us the obligation to monitor all types of transactions, said Richard Rice, a senior vice president at the American Bankers Association, in the April 28th issue of American Banker. All this is predicated on a notion that the banks are choke point for all businesses. The Independent Community Bankers of America, an association for small banks, said enforcement actions from the Justice Department are too broad and overly aggressive. So what do you think? What's ticking? They even name it, unabashedly, Operation Choke Point. And forget about the other two industries they named, drugs and et cetera. You always have to throw that in, in the basket to make it look legitimate. Evil knows that our minds and our hearts are changing. People are going more toward God or more away. Our affections toward our nation. And they know if we're educated and enlightened, as the lady's coming in to do, that they're going to have to deal with it. This is just not accidental. This is part of the strategy of darkness and its plans. You need to be planning accordingly. You need to be thinking. Darkness must disarm those who believe in freedom and liberty. And liberty is not from the government. They can't get it. Their job is to protect it. And our forefathers wrote, unleanable rights. If you know what a lien is against property, or a lien against something you've, you've bought a car, what the banks do, they've got say-so over it. The government has no say-so over our liberty. They are to protect it because it's unleanable. It can't be placed in any way, shape, form, or fashion any kind of stipulations or regulations to limit that freedom or liberty. What's God-given? I'm not talking about laws for a sane culture. We're talking about the, 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 the organic liberty that comes from God that government is taking away from us now. And of course, we always have to recognize why is that happening? Because when you don't keep God's statutes, you lose liberty. You lose freedom. We need to wake up. We need to re- re- realize that there's no, there's nothing granted to the government to put a lien on your liberty. And you only can get that control if you sin. So God sent our lady to make us wake up to see this, get cognition to wake up and that our minds be set on, the government can't tell me to do that. You've crossed the bounds. You're supposed to be protecting my liberty, not restricting it. And laws are protection of liberty. But we're overregulated, and that's how they act. And they come in this thing through regulations to the banks. If you don't come on the guns and the shop and the manufacturers, we're gonna we're gonna regulate regulate you. This thing's so crafty and so entrenched, how we will ever escape from it. And to call it right out, Operation Choke Point is incredible. So when you see these windows and you notice what they're doing. Why are you not doing? And a lot of people are thinking, a lot of people realize I gotta make moves, but there's no action really. There's no there's no rush to the door. Some people are on the verge of panicking. 
And some people could have done things 10 years ago they could have done that they're doing now. But we have to really think, this is the 25th week. Sunday's the 25th. I'm waiting for the message. I'm already thinking about it. I'm praying about it. Our Lady is getting us in a position after the 33rd anniversary that we need to be ready because it is pray and act time. One of those things is your finances. This is perfect. Sometimes God will do something to allow this right here to get people that need to to get financially stable. These gun owners need to be doing their own banking. And it's, it's beautiful that one of them starts offering to pay for them through, through their system that he started. But also we got to recognize that, that Satan will come to rule where you'll neither buy nor sell anything. So you need to not be attached to the banks. Your money doesn't need to be in a bank. It doesn't need to be in retirement accounts. It doesn't need to be anywhere except in your hands. That's why we designed the Medjugorje Silver Americas Medal Round, a one-ounce piece. Silver is is value. It's intrinsically value. It cannot be lost in the same parallel when the dollar crashes and everybody realizes all this they have in the in their bank or in their underneath the mattress is a piece of paper. Silver has value. Higher than that is having your own land and own system that you can take your food from your ground to your mouth. That's the greatest investment. We need to rethink what is an investment. If you're wealthy, your best investment is not the stock market, not even your company, but you have 500 acres that you let, you build seven, eight, ten houses for other people to be there because people resources are important. You want them there to raising hogs, raising food, helping the garden. And out of your generosity of giving them that house free, and I'm saying free, the dads can even work out outside from that for the community or the little village or the small community. Then you got the benefit of security if something happens that you have a food chain. These things are covered. They fired the first shot. The Marcus Metal Medjugorje Round, uh, Frank distributes that with Global Silver. His contact, he's not with us today. Riaz is going to get the contact for him, but you can call and discuss these things with him. You need to get liquid. You need to get your money out. You need to get your annuities. You need to get your retirements. All these things have to come out now. Take the penalties, but get out of the system. You see these banks, what they did, these gun owners, they didn't just tell them you can't do business with us. They froze their bank accounts. We may be days away from that, or we may be months away from it. But I wouldn't want to approach the 30th, the 33rd anniversary, thinking everything's normal. Remember Y2K? Everybody, including the government, was saying take and have cash. All businesses should have a couple months worth of cash to run on. You had to go order money to do that. And here we got the 33rd anniversary, not to create panic or fear, but we know as a keystone point, we know, we know it means something in heaven because it means something on the earth. But if you want to talk to Frank, you can contact him. Frank's uh, Frank Williams' contact information. You can reach him toll-free at 877-936-7686. Again, 877-936-7686. The email address is globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. That's globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And the website with general information is globalsilverinvestors.com. Michelle Obama in Topeka, Kansas. Diatribe or whatever she wants to call it, said that not everybody's in the loop. In other words, they're not all contemporary in their thinking. 
And she makes a statement in there about people who are against diversity. And I'm against it. I'm for Christian unity, not diversity. Christian unity crosses all people, all places, all nations. Diversity separates because one's going to be above the other in the end. But she says we have pulled back referring to diversity because many communities have become less diverse as folks have moved from the cities to the suburbs. That's the call of God. Where she stand with it? She wants us to be yoked in this system of no unity and no possibility for it. So John Adams and what he said, what do we mean, he asked the question by the American Revolution, do we mean the American War? The revolution was effected before the war commenced. The revolution was the minds and hearts of the people, a change of their religious sentiments, of their duties, obligations, This radical change of the principles, opinions, sentiments, and affections of the people was the real American Revolution. You had to be reflecting. You had to be thinking. You had to be acting. We wish you our lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.